This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakutani. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How goes it today? 50. I'm past 50. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's so cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm ages and ages away from 50, so long away it's not till next year. <laughs> <laughs> Long time away. And who are we introducing today? Today we are introducing somebody who, um, you know, like in every community um, in times of hardship, there is always a champion who really sticks out for the contribution they make to the well-being of everybody. And that's Jason Locker for me here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Jason's an accountant um, who's who I've started thinking of as an anti-accountant, really, because... He's just been phenomenal in the just the support and encouragement and knowledge and everything that he's just given his time that he's given to supporting um, our local Eastern Bay Plenty businesses and um, I I actually think that's quite extraordinary and I know he's copped some flack for that um, but he's just like whatever and just keeps on going and and so Jason thanks for joining us today and thanks for everything that you've been doing you're a pretty extraordinary person. Thank you for having me. Um, I don't know how to respond to um, all of that. Oh, thank you. So, Jason, how was your bubble life? I, um, selfishly, I would be quite happy if I um, lived in my own bubble for the rest of my life, I think. Um, it's not very often that um, we get to spend that much time with the people that we love. Um, and obviously, Part of my family um, wasn't in our bubble, but the people who I really care about, my wife and my two kids, I got to spend um, bits and pieces of my working day because we continued working uh, probably more uh, with them, morning tea, afternoon tea, just sitting on the floor, eating lunch, playing trains during the day. Um, It's all those sorts of things that with everything that's going wrong in the world, those are the glimmers of hope that you hang on to. We do, we do have to wonder why we don't do that all the time. Even my annual leave, um, which, which, which I go on quite regularly, um, I still don't disconnect like I did um, during the lockdown. So you've got little kids. How did that work with the working from home? It, it was interesting. Um, my wife is an essential worker. She works at the hospital. Um, and for the first 
few weeks, we really struggled because I was trying to balance sort of 70, 80 hour work weeks with my kids and my wife working away from home. So at that stage, I didn't realise that we um, fell under the essential worker scheme where we could get somebody else in to help us. Um, and I actually reached out to Kitty Allen of all people and said, hey, you know, my wife's an essential worker. I'm an accountant and we're expected to help all these businesses um, through this time. And because I'm not an essential worker, I can't get anybody in to help my kids. Um, and honestly, within about three hours, and this is where I had a huge amount of respect for Kitty, within about three hours, her office had emailed me back and sort of, I don't know if they gave me a dispensation or they explained the rules better, but I was allowed to get my mother-in-law up um, each day that my wife was working to look after the kids. And it actually made all the difference. Wow, that was a, a useful thing to do. Are they they small enough that you weren't trying to homeschool as well? Oh, no, they're um, three and one. I was just trying to survive, I think. <laughs> Homeschooling would have been a nightmare. <laughs> I was doing, um, I normally average probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 emails a day. And during the start of the lockdown, I think I was getting somewhere between three and 400 emails. And oh, well. the start the start of my Facebook group, um, the, the business one, was actually a little bit selfish because I wasn't able to sort of keep up with that level of um, email correspondence. Yeah. And so I thought if I brought all of my clients into this group, one message actually starts to serve many people. And I reckon um, within about two days of setting up that group, we had, uh, well, I had emails drop down to about, 70 or 80 a day, which becomes a lot more manageable. Yeah. So what was the – I can't imagine what the businesses were going through except having their income stop. Where do you, <laughs> I think, where, where do you start? I honestly think that everybody um, – I was going to say shit the bed, but we'll have to take that bit out. Um, everybody freaked out about um, what a month of lost income looked like for them. Um, and they wanted to understand how subsidies work for them, how the government loan scheme worked for them. And a lot of questions really came out from there about um, their own business hygiene. You know, had they had their forecasts up to date, had they had their... Um, zero up to date. Um, were they looking at different ways of moving their business and sort of taking advantage of being online and um, have a change of strategy? I think the most overused term for 2020 is going to be the word pivot. I think I heard that in the media more than any other word through the pandemic, including COVID itself. <laughs>
Why'd you ask for that one? I just like the upbeatness of it. I think um, sometimes everybody just needs a little bit of sunshine in their day, and um, you can have that so many different ways, and, and mine is through music. So I, I also thought, what could I actually um, <laughs> put forward to a radio station that they would <laughs> be able to play? So that, <laughs> that was definitely one of them. <laughs> it took me a little while. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the businesses that are going to come out of this okay are they, are they the ones that were okay to start with is is it you know that they had a, a sound basis for it or, or, or is it is it just is it just sort of a blanket effect I, I think um covid will do a lot of what i call weeding so um if if we look at a lot of businesses these days, people are buying themselves jobs. And I think the people who have bought themselves a job are going to come out of this harder um, than businesses that were, were pre- not prepared for it, but um, had better systems and financial security um, around them. Um, I, I don't want to single out any type of business itself, but it, it is the sort of smaller um, one-man bands who um, bricks and mortar who I think are going to struggle coming out of the the end of this. I think at the moment we're still in a phase of um, honeymoon with COVID. We've had uh, the generosity of the government, obviously, with two lots of wage subsidies um, and also the the lending. We've also had before the small, um, I think they call it the small business grant or loan, um, 
we, we had a round of funding with short-term overdrafts from the banks and they didn't have the same scrutiny as, as normal short-term lens. And I think um, within the next couple of weeks um, going forward, you'll start to see the effect of people having to really understand how they're going <laughs> to repay all of this debt that's around them. You say, and, you, and don't, you say you don't like the, the term pivot or it was overused, but is there a is there a trick to it? I, I honestly, I, I, I think it's your strategy, and that's why I don't like the word pivot, because I think um, everybody um, in business should be looking at their strategy all the time. And COVID's just one of these things that made us look at our strategy even stronger or, or more in depth than before. And we were looking at avenues that we should have already been. We should have been online. Um, you know, we should have had sound financial modeling. We should have had some funding in the bank. Um, and all of a sudden people are saying, oh, look, I pivoted and I'm online. We're Actually, strategically, we should have been there already, and we should be looking at our strategy more than a, a pandemic, and we should be looking at it all the time. Some businesses, and I'm thinking the tourism ones, are in this for the long haul, in the new business, whatever that is, for, for a long time. I think so, but... Um, so I, I can't talk from my client base. I don't have a strong tourism client base. I have um, sort of heavy engineering, um, those sorts of sort of bigger clients. Um, but what I am seeing and hearing is that New Zealanders are actually doing their travelling internally. And I think it's up to the regions now to, to really showcase what their region can offer. And I think if anything, and, and no disrespect to anybody in Whakatane, or, or any, I don't think we've done it particularly well, um, you have a look at Queenstown, for instance. They think it's just about as busy as it was before. Um, one of the tricks that I got told is to book everything in advance because there's more Kiwis there than anywhere else in New Zealand. And I think if we're looking at Whakatane, we've got such a beautiful region. Um, and I don't know I don't know the answer. I'm an accountant, not a tourism or marketing expert. But those are the conversations that I think people need to be having is, is why aren't we showcasing our region harder um, throughout New Zealand and, and bringing in tourism that we should have. You know, I know we've been through Fakati uh, not long ago, um, but that, there's so much more to Fakatani than, than a trip to a volcano. Why are you an accountant? If it's. Because <laughs> <laughs> I broke my wrist and I was a baker. Um, and it's the only other thing I was good at. Um, I actually just got asked this question today, and a friend of mine um, at the time, her father had this awesome BMW, um, and I, was, I just loved seeing this thing drive past school all the time. And when I broke my wrist and I couldn't bake anymore, I, I just kept going back to to that BMW, and, you know, that might be <laughs> a, a, a silly way of looking at it, but um, it was the only other thing I was really ever good at. Are, are you... Uh, does an accountant have have values? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's two types of accountants in this world, and um, and I don't want to get into the definition of accountant versus chartered accountant and all those sorts of things. But I think there's accountants who only look at the past, and they're sort of doing your filing, your tax returns, and those sorts of things. And I think there's people who look to the future and try and help um, clients, sort of build their strategy around what they're trying to achieve. And I really think that um, I'd, that's where I want to be 
that's where I want to be playing all the time is is looking at the future and actually helping instead of just doing a compliance aspect for on behalf of the government. I couldn't think of anything worse actually than doing debits and credits all day. Even even for an accountant, that doesn't sound at all exciting. Trust me. So is it accounting? So it's looking at that future through the lens of the numbers. How do you describe that? Uh, I like to teach people how to look at their numbers and um, I don't want to say decode them, but sort of read them in English for themselves. And so if you're looking at sort of the gross profit area, it's how do you um, manipulate those numbers to show them what their last year looked like. So I, I can give you an example of a client who came to me here, three staff. Um, he had pretty average turnover and he was struggling financially. And then when I started looking at his um, charge-out rates and sort of manipulating them into his sales, it, it sort of transpired that he was only charging 15 to 20 hours per employee um, per week. And so with some really simple tweaks and putting in some programs that tracked um, their productivity, we could actually see that they were just being lazy and they were just knocking off work too early. You know, a couple of beers popped out of the fridge probably too early on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, and since then, we've doubled his income, and that was only within the last sort of three or four months. And it was never a problem with demand. It was just how much work he was doing and how he was interacting with his team to get that work done. I imagine that one of the advantages is that it's hard to hide from the numbers. Ooh, sorry. You're going to have to explain that one for me. Um. I might be thinking that the business is great and I might have all these fantastic reasons for it existing. But I is it, but you might look at those at the books and say it's just not working. Do do you, do you have to have like that that hard discussion with people? I think at the end of the day the the people who want to come and see me um and who I want to work with are people who actually are looking at their business and wanting to improve. Um, it's not my job to tell people whether or not they're doing good or bad. My job is literally to teach them how to read numbers in a, in a way that works for them. And so we have to simplify things down to, you know, builders. We need to figure out how to communicate that to a builder or an engineer. And everybody's brain is so different. So sometimes it's visual. So sometimes we're using graphs. Sometimes it's numbers. Sometimes it's actually written words. So we're writing a small paragraph. Um, and it's about unlocking what works for them. And I was, um, I grew up with dyslexia, so I know for myself that I don't sort of learn the same way that other people do. So it goes back to that thing about, was it the, trying to judge a fish on how it can fly or, or, or whatever that saying is. And we've got to figure out, you know, what works for whoever comes through our door and being able to communicate that in a way that people understand and can take value away from it um, is, is the first step and then the second step is having them come back to you and explain that information back to you and so it's the client who's actually taken this information and gone ah I can understand I can see trends now and so it's not that they're solving them at the beginning but it's that they're recognizing what the problem is or recognizing a trend and being able to just come and talk to somebody because a lot of the people we work with in business are SMEs so it's it's quite a lonely world for those people. It's it's one man bands or it's one guy with twenty employees. Um, and 
he quite often or she quite often goes home at night and um, talks to her partner. Or, and at the end of the day, quite often those partners aren't invested in the business like the working owner. And the conversation um, shouldn't take over your life. And so sometimes you want to go <laughs> and just have a chat about nothing. Sometimes it's business. Um, and that's where I sort of, that's sort of where we pick up the slack is, is where that sort of, I don't want to say business coach because that's a term that's overused again, um, but a business partner that people can just call and just have a quick chat to. And, you know, we can meet on a regular basis and on a formal basis, a formal basis. Um, it's really up to who we're working with. You talked about wanting to improve and the importance of the businesses wanting to improve. Are businesses using this lockdown as a as an opportunity to to improve not so much the the sort of the emergency pivot but that you know instead of it being a return to business as usual it might be a return to the new normal or a return to is it even a re- regeneration are people seeing that opportunity i think um i was um really hard on my clients in terms of making sure that they're actually working on their business during this time you know it's not a holiday it's just we're not going to work um, and you, you saw sort of the people who were the stars who had all the information at their fingertips before and they could actually read what was going on and translate that on what it looks like in three, six, nine, twelve months. You got the people who freaked out and wanted that information and then you had people who simply just wanted a holiday and, you know, each to their own. Um, but the people who have come out of the stronger or, or intact, I should say, are the people I think who have put those hard yards in. Um, we even had one client who was upskilling her staff um, through online university papers or, or polytech papers um, during lockdown, which was just so awesome to see, you know, um, instead of a, a team member just sitting there doing nothing, you know, let's use that 80% of her time um, to upskill for the business and herself. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. I hope you're all having the best day at the beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I'm speaking to you from a very different location from normal. And I really hope that whatever is happening around you and wherever you are, that this journey that we're all on together is illuminating for you every day, more and more, who you are triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you so i'm actually speaking to you from a very echoey beautiful stunningly clean bathroom facility at the Orty porty stunning hospital which is not somewhere that i've spent very much time but i am enjoying it and i've been looked after very very well and they're here to solve the great medical mystery of sleep, sweat, shake, repeat, Mackenzie, as I am currently known. I could have some form of infection as my CRP levels are the highest that they've ever seen and they're off the charts. It's very exciting. So it's some kind of infection, but they don't know what kind. And so they've taken my wee and my blood and they're testing it and they're growing bacteria on it. And I have said... Can I see photos of the beautiful bacteria, please? Because I'd love to see what they look like. And I'd love to connect with them, obviously. 
up until the time that I was admitted into hospital, I was going through this fever cycle at home. And Noble Harvey Penfold was remaking the bed and laying out the fever towels for me to completely soak with sweat in a matter of hours. And this was a very homely and comfortable and loving and supportive arrangement. And at certain times of day, he'd make for me a small piece of food because I didn't want any more. And then I could take my Neuromol, which really has helped so much, and I'm so grateful. And it's been such a fascinating journey for me because, of course, you know, I've really focused on my health and well-being for so long, for the last two and a half years. So to have this very extreme shift in my health, very high energy levels to very low energy levels, a body feeling full of life and vitality and joy and impulse to move to very tired and painful has been a big shift of course and for me it's just been fascinating because I haven't really experienced the fever cycle before in such an extreme way and I love it. Obviously I know it's very serious and I'm in the right place and being taken care of but like all aspects of our body of course it links us back to that infinite web of life and it links us back to a process of healing that of course all of our ancestral forms have moved through and survived through for us to be here now and of course some haven't survived and I acknowledge them but in the process of particularly the shaking it's been really interesting and what I've found is that it's really helped me to actually talk with my body and say you know, where is this pain, this, this part of my body, where is this pain coming from, what is this message that you have for me, come into my guest house, as Rumi says, and be my welcome guest, and share your story with me, and know that you're always welcome, and oh, so all sorts of things have come out of those conversations, and it's been really, really very therapeutic. So I'm very grateful for all the support of the medical system. I'll keep you updated as to what kind of bacteria grow on the wheeze and blood. And I'll keep you updated with the whole process. I'll do another show tomorrow for you, maybe from a different location that's less echoey. And of course, I hope that for all of you, whatever you're moving through in terms of your own growth and your own healing, your own metamorphosis, your own connection with yourself, with your life before now, your life waiting to begin, that it's really, really nourishing and illuminating for you. And I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite. We've seen lots of changes over the last few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? What are the changes that you've seen? That I've seen? That you've seen I honestly think... it's weird I, I sort of just go to work and it just seems like it's sort of business as usual i think that there is changes in how we have thought about what matters that the, you're, you're talking about you know the, the the time with the family and so on and you know do we really want to be at work all this time do, what are we doing running around so much why are we so busy um and another thing is the 
the be kind message, I think, has shown us that it's got it, it's got legs. It's not just a sort of have a nice day, throw away thing. That that can be the basis of things like the um, whatever it was called, the the employee support package, EAPs. Yeah, and I, I think that 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 putting the it's about being kind as a policy thing i think will will stick that it's actually what it's really done is it's taken that notion of well-being and given it a sort of a, a 10-year development in a hurry well, i hope you're right I, I sort of feel like business is just going back a lot of people who um had these grand schemes about changing their businesses at the moment i think are just trying to get back into normality and i think we're focusing or they're focusing on on what normal was before covid so a lot of these sort of like be kind um you know working from home and, and not having to be in the office every day i sort of feel like we're slipping back into the old routine of um of of being in an office of of being performance or or numbers focused um, and I hope that I'm wrong, but even in my own practice, I, I tell myself I'm going to work two days a week from home. So I work Monday, Wednesday, Thursday in the office, and I try and work Tuesday, Thursday at home. I can't remember. It was probably COVID was the last time I actually got to spend some time at home during the week. Um, and, and things have just got so busy, and I think people are playing catch-up. So it's not that I think that we lost out on a month's worth of trading for for many businesses. I think that what we've done is we've supercharged the 11 months following um, with that work. Um, there's a lot of businesses who have set amount of work, um, and I'm not talking about your retail businesses because they are struggling, and I do feel sorry for them. But people like engineering firms, myself, is, there's many business types out there who – still have the same amount of work to do. It's just that we got stuck for a month not being able to do a lot of it. Mawera <laughs> described you in the introduction. She said that you, during the lockdown, had had given away quite a lot of advice. Yeah. Is, I, is, is that a, a sort of a, a strategy or, or is it just the, the way you are? It, oh, I, honestly, um the strategy part, there, there was no strategy. The strategy for me was coping with the amount of emails that were coming in. Um, I, One of the big things about getting into accounting, um, especially at my level, is being able to help people. And that's what it was about. I had a closed group. I had a closed group only for my own clients. But I was finding that other accountants um, or other clients were finding it hard to get access to their accountants. Um, and... I think all accountants, uh, um, bankers, lawyers, they're all in the same sort of boat that we were struggling to keep up with the information flow, both coming into us from government and also from our clients and getting it out there. And that was really the the, the first purpose of, of that group was, was literally just to dump some information out there and get people debating it and talking between themselves. And I had clients actually take over some of the conversations for me where I was sort of coming in more as a mediator, or moderator, sorry, um, and just fact-checking. And so it really it dramatically removed um, a lot of the correspondence from my own work life. Um, from there, it sort of became clients and friends of clients and then sort of friends of friends of clients. 
And um, it got to the point where it sort of carried on past the COVID, um, the initial stages, and, and now it's um, sort of like a business blog. It's closed um, to the public. And I'm really enjoying it because I get to have these conversations that work with people and put them in, in a way where we're not naming people or, or having confidential information leaked, but I'm able to put it in a way where I'm hoping people understand it um, and, and take some value from it. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, even though it wasn't a strategy, it's helped. We had um, just under 30 new client groups last month, um, which, which is a pretty big push. Um, we normally do sort of five or six, seven, but to have 30 was amazing. And it got to the point where I had to close my books again because my, my team wasn't keeping up with the influx of clients. So all one good the, things pay <laughs> One of the things that, that I think that we have learned and, and the, the pandemic has given us the opportunity to, to explore is the close connection between systems. And, you know, if, if we go for the sustainability three pillars type model, much as I don't like that model, but let's bear with bear with it for the moment. The the integration of the the economy and the society and the the environment. If we think that the the virus is an environmental thing, um, and it's really affected the the economy and the the society, and it shows how really tightly bound those things are. And you're looking at that not just as a as an economic system, but of the elements in that system. Is the, is the, the, the relationship between the health of the people and the community and the health of the, the, the businesses, is it, is it obvious thing? I don't think you can separate them. There's no way that you can separate them. And if we look, I've had this debate with my own business partners. Um, if you look throughout the world, um, there's not one place in the world I'd rather be than New Zealand at the moment. And regardless of people's view on whether or not COVID is as bad as what people say it is, or, or whether or not um, they think we should have gone into lockdown or not, I think the evidence is starting to come out that we are on the right side of um, the economic impacts of this disease. Um, and obviously these things will play out over the next three, four, five, ten years and um, Jacinda Ardern is obviously going to be measured on how she um, put the country into lockdown. And I actually think it's going to be a really interesting um, five-year period. Um, and I, I honestly think, hand on heart, that we did the right thing. So can you remove um, – sorry, we were getting back to your question. Um, you can see people who are struggling in business, their, their businesses struggle. So – um, the mental aspect is, is a huge part. And there was companies like Xero, for instance, who came out and gave free mental health, um, basically their EAP, they gave it to their clients. Um, and it was so good to see these little um, these little initiatives popping up all around. Let's hope we don't have another pandemic, but the next thing, or the longer term things, climate change, social um, justice, what do you think we can learn from how we've responded to the pandemic for those sorts of things? That's a pretty deep question for an accountant on a Monday night. <laughs> um, the, the things I can say I got out of it was um, our forecasting modelling wasn't good. 
um, we should have been preparing our businesses and our homes um, for these sorts of rainy days. Um, you know, going forward, we need to be putting a small amount aside, whether it's your business or your personal sort of finances for, for these rainy days. Um, and I know that's hard, but we've got to figure out a way that we can do it. Um, so I think, if anything, we, we just need to be more prepared financially should something happen, because we're not out of the woods yet. And you see these people escaping from quarantine, and I don't want to say it's a matter of time before something sort of flares up, but wouldn't it just be the worst thing? <laughs> it's so much work to get here. There was lots of demands for certainty. You know, the, the, the business sector needs certainty. They can't deal with this uncertainty. And for those of us that that aren't in the business sector, it, it seems like a strange thing to be asking for because you know, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we might have said, what's the certainty for the date of the, the trans-Tasman bubble? Well, that wouldn't have been a good thing if we'd done it. <laughs> do, you, do you think, I mean, you can understand the, why people would want it, but should people be able to deal with uncertainty? Is there a way of running business that's better at dealing with uncertainty? So when we were talking to our clients about um, forecasting, we were talking about doing scenarios. So one scenario was that we were sort of out of level four in the timeframes that we thought we would be. Um, other other scenarios were obviously running level four for, for a couple more months and also playing with what level three and level two look like from what we knew your business could operate under. Um, so I would love to have said that we would have certainty over all of those aspects, but I don't think it was realistic. And I think um, we, we as businesses and we as um, communities needed to prepare ourselves for uncertainty. If you have a look at Bacardi, nobody thought that that would ever happen. You know, I remember standing on White Island um, thinking it was just such a magic, amazing place, not having any regard for my own health and safety. Um, obviously, looking back, hindsight, um, it's an active volcano. You know, hindsight, it, it was a pandemic. Um, so we need to be running uncertainty models through our financial system or businesses' financial system. Let's take the second of your music selections. Let's have... Oh, God. This one's going to be worse. Your glass house <laughs> with atmosphere. Why this? I just It's a tune that my kids love, and we just jump in the car, and they just rock out in the back or, or, or punk out in the back or whatever you want to call it. And um, it's, again, it just takes me to... You know, my family's obviously extremely important to me and it's nice seeing them happy. So it's, it's sort of all entwined. Although tonight my kids just don't want to sleep, so we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got you. 
feels nauseous Grab your shirt off the bedroom floor And try to recollect the night before How'd you get from the bar to this mattress And when you got here then what happened And where's the who that lives here in this house Wanna figure out how'd you get here But the thought got cut by nature Find the bathroom the gut got anger Here it comes, can't avoid it Ain't the first time blowing up in a strange toilet Anyone else would leave But you, you crawl back to the bed and fell back asleep All we need is because Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house All we need is because Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house Woke up all alone with no friends But you had to throw up again Choke up the tears and the spit Grab some tissue to wipe off your lips Everything still spins And then the chills begin And then the God please kill me right now hits And you still don't know whose house this is In between leftover dry heaps You try to check out your timepiece And you should call your job But first gotta turn this hangover off You dream that it's just a dream Until the phone in your pocket starts to scream Shut it down, don't wanna hear a sound Heavy is the head that wears that crown All we need is be Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house All we need is because Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house Hangover ain't a strong enough word It don't describe what just occurred Looking at a phone full of missed calls Probably all the people that you pissed off Everything seems so sour So you force yourself into the shower Standing up brings out the stars And the whole bathroom smells just like a dive bar Can't do it, better sit And let the tub be the catcher's mitt Lay down, face down Thank God whoever lives here ain't around Now what you need is silence And you don't want no one to see you like this Maybe you don't recognize it But this is your home, this is where your life lives All we need is because Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house All we need is because Come and party with us Take care of you when you're passed out Right there with you in your glass house some questions to end the show with what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years oh raising a family by raising a business um our business has grown from quite a small little practice to quite a big little enterprise uh, we went from um, six staff to just on 30 in less than eight years um i've been married i've been divorced and married and um raised two kids and I think we've, we've done it quite well. We're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. 
It's our team of people doing good work. So what's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Being able to communicate with people and build relationships where I'm able to be able to teach them how to read the things that I can see from my profession in a way that works for them. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, an activist? No, I'm definitely not an activist. Definitely not an activist. Um, I, I definitely lean more left than right, which is probably unusual for an accountant. Um, but an activist is probably um, a, a, a bit of a bit of a long shot. I, I do have friends who I would call activists, and I just find um, them so interesting listening to their stories. Um, my one of my heroes is actually Dale Takitimu. Um, and if, if you search her, she's definitely an activist. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Helping people. Um, it's plain and simple. Um, and I've always been on the thought that if you can help people with something that you're passionate about, everything else sort of flows from there. So, um, and, and for an accountant, usually that's the financial success of a business. And that could be myself. Self, or that could be um, a client of mine. What challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Uh, getting my work-life balance sorted. Um, that's obviously something that's huge for me at the moment. Um, I'm going on holiday uh, tomorrow night, and um, I can't remember the last time I had a day off, so I'm really looking forward to not being connected to um, a device. And, and, and there's, a, there's the other thing I really want to master is how do you – um, have a smartphone and um, be smarter than being connected to it all the time. When you figure that out, can you just let me know? Yeah, that's You'll a good be question. My and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, for business or for personal? Anything you like. It's the last question. It's a free hit. Oh, that's cool because personal, um, there's no advice. Uh, <laughs> I, I've always had a strange, <laughs> a strange life. So, um, but in business, um, just remember that you, you forecasting, understanding what makes your business work. So, whether or not you want to call those KPIs or, or metrics, um, and just being true to yourself when you're dealing with people. Thank you for that, Mawira. Um. Jason, you know, in the Lorax, I'm sure you've played that for your children, where there's that line, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better, it's not. Well, you're one of those people who is making things better. So thank you for everything yeah. you've done to support business in our community. And, and so are you. Like, I think um, I was a little bit blown away by the way you introduced me um, today because I think you and I are, are sort of on the same sort of page where it's helping people that matters um, and that has to come first, especially when other people can't help themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yep, those who those who can should do, eh? Yeah. And you know, I've been I've been extremely lucky that the community has supported us so well. Um, it's the least people can do, um, is give back. Agreed. Thank you very much. Let's go out to Guns N' Roses, Paradise City.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai and Jason Locker in Fokatani. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.